Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. Net. Uh, you can also use the Zell app uh, to go to box13 at greatdetectives.net or by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho 83715. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Dragnet, and we have something special for you uh, in that it's not an actual radio episode. However, it ties into one of the missing uh, Dragnet radio episodes. Uh, in the past, uh, we pr- uh, played you uh, episodes of The Big uh, Light and The Big Trunk, where these were audios of TV programs uh, where the radio version has been lost. Well, uh, today we're going to play you something I didn't realize it was a version of a lost radio program until I just started reviewing the list. But it makes so much sense that it was. Uh, this is The Big Bar. The TV version originally aired on October the 14th of 1954. However, it was based on a radio play that originally aired November the 11th of 1949. And it comes from a huge batch of Dragnet Lost episodes where there were seven straight weeks of missing programs. So we'll get to fill in that gap with uh, listening to the TV soundtrack, Please Enjoy. The story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Dragnet. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Tuesday, February 3rd. It was cold in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of homicide detail. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Lorman. My name's Friday. It was 18 minutes past 2 a.m. when we got to number 15 San Jose Street, the Green Light Tavern. A killer was loose in the city. His weapon, a 38 caliber revolver. His objective, robbery and murder. Ambulance on the way, George? Can't use it. They're both dead. Wife and husband. You call the crime lab? They're on the way. Okay, we better take a look at that back room. Right. The way you found him, Crowley? Nothing's been touched. Safe was open when we got here. Cleaned out. Shot twice through the back, both of them. They both dead when you got here? The old man was. She wasn't. she say anything? She said the hold-up guy wanted all the money in the safe. The old man gave it to him, pleaded with him not to shoot. Yeah. 
While I was handing over the money, the old man dropped a $10 bill. He said he was sorry, stooped to pick it up. Guy shot him through the back. Uh-huh. Woman said she turned to grab her husband. Guy shot her through the back. Did you get a description? She didn't last that long. Tough luck. What were their names? Mr. and Mrs. Enrique Cotero. They ran the place. Good people. They always are. wonder how much money the guy got. Not enough to pay the check. Sergeant Allen and the crew from the crime lab arrived and went to work. They dusted for fingerprints, took pictures of the back room, the safe, the victims. Every object that could have any possible tie-in with the crime was photographed. Captain Lorman was with them. Looks like that job over on the east side last month, Skipper. Same M.O. Kid with Ramsey. He the witness? Yeah, he worked for the Cateras, didn't he? Yeah, bar boy. Handyman, you know. Ramsey's getting no place with him. What's the matter? Spanish. Can't speak English. Well, how's your Spanish, Frank? Still high school Spanish. All right. Let's give it a try. Is he the only one here? When we got here, yeah. Trabaja aquí como bar boy, ¿verdad? Sí, señor. Three months. Mr. Cotero era muy bueno conmigo. ¿Cómo se llama? Juan Pedillo. Vivo al otro lado de la barra, en la casa de huéspedes. What's he saying, Frank? Well, his name's Juan Pedillo. He's been working here for about three months. He lives next door in the rooming house. Claims he got along fine with Mr. Cotero. Ask him to tell us how it happened. Everything. Juan, queremos saber exactamente cómo pasó esto. Díganos de todo lo que se acuerda. El tiempo. Que tanta gente había. ¿Quiénes eran? Todos los detalles. Toma su tiempo. Sí. Eran como... Como cinco minutos para las dos. Tiempo de cerrar. Mr. Cotera apenas había cerrado la puerta de enfrente. He says it happened around closing time. Five minutes to two. Mr. Cotera had locked up the front door. Siga, Juan. Sí. Yo estaba detrás de la barra. Igualmente la señora Cotera. Estábamos limpiando los vasos y poniéndolos en su lugar. Solo estaba un marchante en la barra. Estaba sentado a la orilla de la barra. Allí. Juan was behind the bar with Mrs. Cotera. They were cleaning up the glasses and putting them away. There was only one customer left. He was sitting at the end of the bar. That stool back there. Yeah, go ahead, Frank. Siga, Juan. El, el marchante creo que se llama Pete. Estuvo aquí anoche y la noche anterior. Siempre se quedaba hasta que cerrábamos. He says the customer's name was Pete. Was in last night, the night before. Always stayed until closing time. Bueno, Juan, siga. La, la señora Cotera recogió el dinero de la, del registro y se fue al cuarto de atrás. La oficina está allí. El señor Cotera se sentó con el marchante y bebió con él. Este hombre, Pete. Un minuto. He says about two o'clock, Mrs. Cotera took the money from the cash register and went into the back room. La oficina. Yeah, the office. And Mr. Cotera sat down and had a drink with this guy, Pete. All right. What happened then? Luego, ¿qué pasó? Bueno, yo limpié los vasos. Y como unos cuantos minutos después de las dos, llevé una caja de botellas vacías a la bodega. Estuve allí, creo que, como cinco minutos. Cuando oí el ruido. Bang, bang. ¿Qué hizo entonces? Dejé caer las botellas. Y oí de nuevo. Bang, bang. Entonces, corrí a ver. Mr. y Mrs. Cotera estaban tendidos en el suelo. Había sangre. Este hombre, Pete, salía por la puerta de enfrente. What's he saying, Frank? He says a couple of minutes past two, he went back to the storeroom with a case of empty bottles. He was back there about five minutes when he heard gunshots. He ran out and saw Cotero and his wife on the floor. This guy, Pete, was going out the door. La puerta de enfrente. Yeah, the front door. Just a minute. Puede conocer a este hombre, Pete. Si lo ve de nuevo? Oh, sí, señor, sí lo conocería. He says he'd know Pete if he saw him again. Does he know anything about him? Where he lives, where he hangs out? Sabes dónde vive Pete, Juan. ¿Dónde come? ¿Dónde se mantiene? No, 
estuvo aquí hoy anoche y antenoche. Es todo lo que sé, señor. Pete was in here for the past three nights. That's all he knows. Ask him if he remembers what Pete was drinking, will you? Yeah. Juan, ¿se acuerda lo que este hombre Pete estaba tomando? Lo que estaba bebiendo. Oh, oh sí, señor. Scotchy water, plain water. To toda la noche lo mismo. Scotch and water. Drank the same thing all night. Same guy. Well, it ties in with that other job over on the east side. Wherever the guy works unconsciously, he seems to order the same thing to drink, doesn't he? D dispénseme. D dispénseme, señor oficial. Hay algo más que me acuerdo de él. Algo más que él hizo. Wait a minute. You remember something else. ¿Qué fue eso, Juan? ¿De qué más se acuerda? Cada noche, él tocaba la máquina de música. Allí. La tocaba mucho. Todo el tiempo pedía cambio. He says Pete played the jukebox a lot. Sí, señor. La misma melodía. Toda la noche. De vuelta y de vuelta. ¿Cuál era esa, Juan? ¿Se acuerda? Sí, señor, me acuerdo. Venga acá, le enseñaré. What's he doing? He wants to show us the jukebox. He said Pete played the same tune all night. Aquí, señor oficial. Esta. La número 14. La tocaba toda la noche. De vuelta y de vuelta. Funny man. That's the one. Number 14. Number two might be another one of his habits. Let's play it. Go ahead. You got dime? Thanks. He says that's the one. Must be in every jukebox in town. What does that prove? It's not going to be very much help. A lot of people like that tune. Only one man commits murder to it. Ten minutes past 3 a.m., Tuesday, February 3rd. Captain Lorman, Frank, and I left the Greenlight Tavern, and we took Juan Padillo, the young bartender, back to the office with us. With the help of an interpreter, a police stenographer took down his statement, and then we showed him three volumes of coming-out mug shots. Padillo and Frank started looking through them. Captain Warman and I went across the street to the old city jail building, the crime lab, to see Russ Camp in ballistics. How's it going, Russ? I'm still working on it. It's pretty tough. Why? What's the matter? Right here. This is a bullet that killed that east side bar owner last month. Yeah. It's from a 38 Colt special. We know that. It's a metal-piercing bullet. Mm-hmm. Well, the slug's in good shape. We weren't that lucky tonight. How do you mean, Russ? Well, here's the four bullets they fired in the back room of the Greenlight Tavern tonight. What happened to them? Must have had a heavy load. They penetrated the bodies and buried themselves in the wall and floor. Badly deformed. Yeah. It's going to take some work. Can't tell you much right now. What can you tell us, Russ? Well, I checked the bullets, examined the lands, markings. They got a left-hand twist. And they came from a Colt? Yeah, 38 Colt Special. Same type gun killed that man last month. It's not enough to go to court with, is it? It's enough for us right now. Well, we should get a make on one of these four bullets... Take a little time. Yeah. And you see these two slugs? Yeah. Lands, grooves, striations, they're pretty badly mutilated. Mm -hmm. There's no chance for any fancy work there, but we still have a good bit left down here at the base of the bullet. With any kind of a break, you can match them. Oh, I hope so. Grab a weed, Joe. Yeah, I got it. Crime Lab Friday. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Right away. Smith? Yeah. Juan Padillo just identified the killer. 
Where's this picture? There's his package. Is Juan sure that's the right man? Please, please, Mr. Oficial, what did you say? El dijo, está usted segura que este es el hombre. Oh, sí, señor. Es él, estoy seguro. He's sure. Well, according to his R card, Albert J. Stacy, white male American, five foot eleven, hundred and seventy pounds, brown hair, blue eyes. Here's a red flag on his index card, violation of parole. Got out of San Quentin eighteen months ago. Burglary, auto theft, armed robbery. He's used a gun before. That makes him number one. <laughs> By 4 a.m., an APB and a radiogram on Albert Stacy had been dispatched. The manhunt got underway. At 10 o'clock that morning, Sergeant Allen reported on his findings at the scene of the murder. No fingerprints, no additional physical evidence. We counted on getting the suspect's prints from the glass that he was drinking from at the bar. But either Mrs. Cotera or Juan had unknowingly given the killer his first big break. All the glasses had been washed, wiped, and neatly put away before the shooting. The prints had been destroyed in the process. Just after lunch, Russ Camp and Ballistics came up with an answer. The bullets which killed Mr. and Mrs. Cotera came from the same gun which killed the East Side bar owner a month before, a 38 Colt Special. Homicide, Lorman. Yes, Carly. Where? Good, thanks. I just picked up Stacy. They're bringing him in. 6 p.m., Tuesday, February 3rd. Albert Stacy was booked at the main jail on suspicion of 187 PC, murder. On his person was found a 38 Colt Special. The gun was immediately taken to the crime lab for examination. Stacy was brought to the interrogation room. Frank and I questioned him for four hours. He denied any connection with the two robberies and the murders. At 10 o'clock that night, we set out for coffee and sandwiches. Stacy ate heartily. He was worried, but he didn't have the attitude of a trapped murderer. The questioning went on. Midnight came. Stacy hung on to his story. He refused to say where he was at the time of the killings. He had nothing to do with the robberies, nothing to do with the murders. At 4 a.m., Frank and I took time out for a smoke. He's bound to break. He's got to. Well, either he's a great actor or I'm tired. He doesn't strike me as a guilty man. Well, I'm with you, but what about his record and the mugshot the kid picked up? Seaman? Yeah. How's it going? Nothing. Ross Camp just called about Stacy's gun. Yeah. Maybe we found the right man. Got the wrong gun. Eleven AM, Wednesday, February eleventh. We were refused a complaint against Albert Stacy by the district attorney's office on the grounds that we were unable to present sufficient evidence against him. We then filed on Stacy for violation of the state penal code, chapter three thirty nine, statutes of nineteen twenty three, as amended nineteen forty seven, sub two an ex-convict with a gun. We put a hold on Stacy for his parole officer. He was to be returned to San Quentin. Frank and I started all over again from the beginning. A complete description of the suspect, along with his method of operation, was distributed to every tavern and cocktail lounge in the city. A special detail of men from the Metropolitan Division was assigned to stand a special watch between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. During the month that followed, we set trap after trap for the killer. He failed to take the bait. Another month passed. We watched and we waited. 1 a.m., Saturday, April 4th. Frank and I were cruising the central area. Attention, all units. All units. A 211 and shooting in the bar on the corner of Bellevue and Allison. 
a 211 and shooting in the bar on the corner of Bellevue and Allison. Suspect left the scene on foot. Suspect is wearing dark coat, light trousers. 1R5, take the call. Code 3. Let's go. 1K80, 1K80. 1K80, go ahead. On that call to Bellevue and Allison, we are in the vicinity. We will handle. 1K80, Roger. 1K80, any further description on the 211 suspect? 1K80, no further details. Suspect wearing dark coat, light trousers, left the scene on foot. Okay. Let's roll it. Two minutes later, Frank and I got to the Windsor Buffet. The robbery victims were the owners, Mr. and Mrs. Ernest Leinberger. Mrs. Leinberger did all the talking. 1.25 a.m., Frank and I continued questioning Mr. and Mrs. Leinberger. Their description of the suspect, his M.O., and all of his actions matched those of the man who had shot down Mr. and Mrs. Katerra two months before and the East Side bar owner a month before that. The Leinbergers told us that the suspect drank only scotch and plain water and that he played the jukebox incessantly. The same tune, Funny Man. That's right, Funny Man. That's what he played. I got a good look at his wrist, too, his right wrist. What about it? He's got a picture tattooed on the underside. What kind of a picture? Looks like a cat, a black cat. Do you by any chance have the glass that he was drinking out of? Yeah, it's over by the door. Smashed the bets. Sure, I threw it at him when he ran out the door. 2.12 a.m. Frank and I drove Mr. and Mrs. Leinberger to the office where we took their statements and filled out a crime report. After that, we went down the hall to R&I and had one of the officers on duty check through the oddity file for us. That's it, Joe. Only guy in the file with a tattoo of a cat on his wrist. Yeah. He's got a different tattoo on his left wrist. He's only got one name. Wesley R. Guttridge. We pulled his mug shot. It was almost a dead ringer for Stacy. We compared descriptions. They matched almost perfectly. A radiogram was sent out on him and communications broadcast a want for murder. Captain Lorman, Frank, and I checked our informants and all our available sources of information for the whereabouts of Wesley Guttridge. There was no trace of him. Two days passed. We continued cruising the Central and Hollenbeck Park area. Unit 1A5, out for 7, KMA 367. Correction, 7R6. That's 2421 Beverly Boulevard. A prowler now. KMA 367. Attention, all units. Attention, all units. At 5th and Winston, the bar. A 211 and shooting. Code 3. Suspect left the scene on foot. Suspect was headed west on 5th Street. Attention all units. All units. At 5th and Winston. The name of the place was Doris and Jim's. Inside we found a man lying on the floor, face down. He was dead. There were three bullet wounds in his back. Jim gave him the money. Every penny of it. He asked him for it. Jim gave it to him. He didn't have to shoot him. He didn't have to kill him. We gave him the money. Shut that thing off, will you? <laughs> 5 a.m. Tuesday, April 7th. Frank and I sat in on a meeting with Captain Warman. Plans for a citywide dragnet operation to apprehend the killer were discussed and formulated. By 7 a.m., an overall plan was set in motion. 
Every available man was ordered up for special duty in the central area, the Newton Street Division, the University Division, and the Hollenbeck and Highland Park areas. Additional men from the Metropolitan Division, plus an extra complement of 45 radio and detective cars were assigned to the manhunt. The search for Guttridge went on all that day, all that night into the following morning. No sign of him. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Still no sign of him. The 24-hour watch continued. Five days, ten days, two weeks. Tuesday, April 28th. It was the end of the third week. Our relief showed up a few minutes before midnight. Before we went home, Frank and I stopped by the office to check with Captain Lorman. They told us in homicide that he was down the hall in communications. All units. All units. What's doing, Skipper? Just a minute. All units. 211 and a shooting. In the bar. At 1231 North Fremont. 1231 North Fremont. 1K61, handle a call, code 3. 1K61, Roger. 1K61, that's Ramsey and Crowley, isn't it? All units, 211 suspect has been identified by victim as Wesley Guttridge, murder suspect. The 1200 block of North Fremont's in the stakeout area, isn't it? Right on the edge of it, I think. Yeah, here it is, right here. Guttridge is going to have a rough time. The neighborhood here should be pretty well covered. All units, on the 211 and shooting at 1231 North Fremont... Suspect left seen in a light tan 1950 Ford sedan. License 7 Tom 7972. 7 Tom 7972. Suspect headed south on Fremont. Suspect headed south on Fremont. 1K61. 1K61. We have spotted 211 suspect, tan Ford sedan, license 7 Tom 7972. Suspect is traveling at high rate of speed. West on 3rd. Now crossing Lucas. We're in pursuit. 1K61, Roger. All units on all frequencies, stand by. 1K61 is in pursuit of 211 murder suspect. Suspect is heading west on 3rd Street. Now crossing Lucas Avenue. 1K61, pursuing suspect west on 3rd Street. Now crossing Union Avenue. Push it, Jim. Don't lose it. 1K61, Roger. All units. Suspect headed west on 3rd Street. Crossing Union Avenue. Units 1R13, 1A17, 1R19. Block the intersection at West Lake and 3rd Street. 1R13, Roger. 1A17, Roger. 1R19, Roger. Units 1R11 and 1A12. Block the intersection at 3rd Street and Alvarado. 1R11, Roger. They're closing in on him. 1K61, 1K61, suspect now headed north on Burlington, crossing Miramar. North on Burlington, crossing Miramar. Watch and trust you. 1K61, Roger. All units. Suspect now headed north on Burlington, crossing Miramar. North on Burlington, crossing Miramar. Maybe they got him blocked. 1K61. 1K61, go ahead. Still pursuing suspect north on Burlington, now crossing 2nd Street. Looks like a dead end. I think we got him blocked. He's turning around. Watch it, Jim. Here he comes. Look out. There goes our windshield. See all right, Jim? 1K61. 1K61. Maybe you heard it. He got by us. Suspect now headed east on Beverly Boulevard, crossing Belmont. Are you receiving us?
1K61, we are receiving you. All units, suspect now headed east on Beverly Boulevard, now crossing Belmont. 1K61 is in pursuit. 1K61, suspect just turned off Beverly on the Figueroa, heading north on Figueroa, crossing Temple. Just a minute, hold it. Just turned on Alpine. Hold it. Turned again. Suspect now headed north on Alameda, headed for the Southern Pacific train yards. Now crossing North Broadway, going into the yards. Total losing, Jim. All units. All units. Converge on Southern Pacific train yards. All units. Converge on Southern Pacific train yards. From North Main to the river. From Alhambra Avenue to Macy Street. Suspect is in the yard. Suspect is in the yard. Not making it easy. He's got nothing to lose. 1K61. 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 Come in. Sounds like nobody was hurt. They didn't ask for an ambulance. Big night. Lucky one. Well, I'm going home. See you fellas in the morning. Good night, Skipper. Good night. Good night. Good night. KMA 367. Time check. 12.30 a.m. How about that? What's the matter? It's wristwatch of mine. Jula worked the whole thing over. Gave it a complete overhaul. Look at that, Joe. Five minutes slow. Wait till I talk to that jeweler. Well, how long ago did he work on it? Well, just four or five years ago. Why? Good night, Frank. Yeah. What time you got, Lieutenant? just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On August 28th, trial was held in Department 82, Superior Court of the State of California, in and for the County of Los Angeles. In a moment, the results of that trial. The suspect was tried and convicted of murder in the first degree. He received the sentence as prescribed by law. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police, W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Coming up, we the people. Tomorrow, enjoy the life of Riley on NBC. Welcome back. I should explain at the end the bit of silence uh, towards the end after Frank asked that question. 
was him standing around waiting for the lieutenant to provide his insight about the time and the lieutenant not answering. Now, that is a pretty new innovation uh, to the script. The script was originally written for Ben Romero uh, back in 1949, and so this sort of joke with Frank Smith was added in. But to be fair, I don't think we missed a whole lot because that was not one of their funnier bits. But uh, as you listen to this, I hope you heard uh, what I was talking about, uh, how I should have known that this came from a radio script. Because you have that bit at the end where they're listening to uh, the uh, uh, chase uh, on radio. And over audio, that works. I think particularly when it was first broadcast in 1949, it was something very much in line with what Jack Webb was doing with the series, taking you along with the police. So it was like you were listening to this actual police chase play out over the radio. But in the TV version, because they just left that in, you ha- you're looking for like three or four minutes at... Uh, Frank Smith and Joe Friday and the other people in the communications room just standing around. So this is one that definitely works better in the audio format. Of course, the ending is one of those episodes which does reflect the reality of an actual policeman's work. Because in most series, you know, even when they're trying for realism... You'll have the hero police officers always get their man. Uh, But that's not the way it often works in real life. And Dragnet has no problem having the criminal actually captured while Friday and Smith are doing something else. I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you so much to Kevin. Kevin's been one of our Patreon supporters since March and currently supporting us at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Kevin. And that's actually all for today. Uh, join us back here tomorrow for an episode of Public Domain Video Theater. And we'll be celebrating our 3,000th episode with a special hour-long Sunday episode. You'll want to be sure and listen to that. And then, of course, Monday we'll be back with Box 13, and next Saturday, another episode of Dragnet. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. Off.